0: Well, welcome back to A Voice in the Distance Ministries. We're back today in Leviticus chapter 23, getting close to the end. Got a few more to go. And I got to tell you, it's been fun. It's been fun to see the way that God has operated then and now. And again, God doesn't change. Now, He might change a few things, but He Himself doesn't change. So I want us to look at, again, some just important aspects. You know, God... God knows how to have a good time. <laughs> and you know, it's pretty cool that we could see that. You know, God God is going to be implementing the way they celebrate in in Israel. And so, I've said before, you might have heard me say before if you've been listening in the past, that you can either you can either throw a party or you could be the party. And when it comes to God, God is the party, but he's giving them the instructions on how to throw the party. And and he gave them good reason to want to throw the party. If you know the history of, of the Israelites and everything they've gone through, they, they have reasons to celebrate. You know, a lot of countries have their Independence Days. Well, Israel has a lot of reasons to celebrate. I mean, when you look at... Um, Let's look at modern history, if you will, between, between the biblical and the secular history. It's been shown that, that Jerusalem and Israel itself has been attacked well over a little over 150 times. And so I don't know of any other nation or country that has been attacked more than them. And so, and yet what's interesting is, is they still stand. And that, that can't be said for a lot of other places especially if god 's hand was involved in the destruction of those places, but the the thing is is that God did uh, miracles and wonders for them, and He says that I, I want you to celebrate I, I want you to recognize I want you to be a part of this and i 'm going to give you the the um, the directions if you will on what to do and how to do it and so a lot of people you know like to think that that well they don 't want to become Godly. They don't want to become Christians, you know, because, uh, because they think that, you know, the the proverbial stick in the mud. Well, I don't get to do these kind of things anymore. I don't get to do that. And it's just like, well, you know what? We shouldn't be, we shouldn't have been doing a lot of things from the get-go that got us in trouble. These are parties. These are, these are celebrations that are godly. These are celebrations of things that, that were a blessing. And so we're going to observe that today. In Leviticus chapter 23. Uh, and now in the first verses of, uh, between 1 and 4, God reminded them about the, uh, the, set, the Sabbath, if you will. On what they were to do with the Sabbath. They weren't to perform any work. They weren't to do anything. They were supposed to work their six days and on the Sabbath they were supposed to, to dedicate that and rest to God. And, and, and basically keeping the, uh, the Sabbath holy. A, a solemn rest as he called it. So we've been over that over and over a few times in Leviticus. We went over that in Exodus. So th- that, in the beginning, in the first few verses, that again was just the reminder because people need to be reminded of things. And a, a good teacher will always will always remind somebody until they've grasped what it is they need to be uh, reminded of or known. But let's look at verses 5, 4 to 5, and, and, and on even. We'll go to uh, 4 to 8. But this is what God is saying for them to um, – in the beginning of what they're celebrating and how they're celebrating. It says, these are the feasts of the Lord. Holy convocations which you shall proclaim at their appointed times on the 14th day of the first month at twilight is the Lord's Passover. And on the fifteenth day of the same month is the Feast of Unleavened Bread to the Lord. Seven days you must eat unleavened bread. On the first day you shall have a holy convocation. You shall do no customary work on it, but you shall offer an offering made by fire to the Lord for seven days. The seventh day shall be a holy convocation. You shall do no customary work on it. Seven is always the number of completion or perfection. It's, it's the, you know, the days of creation, if you will. But the, the Feast of Unleavened Bread, it was a reminder of israel 's escape from egypt that was their that was their independence day, if you will, and so for seven days they were to eat the unleavened bread and so the the, the symbolism of this bread was it, it was made without yeast, the unleavened means that it was made without yeast. the yeast causes it to rise it 's what we eat a lot of it with it, uh, because it's a, a loaf of bread will swell up, but this bread had no yeast in it it was flat. It was it was considered a very unique bread, and so it was unique because of Israel Israel's uniqueness as a nation, and so the bread itself represents Israel's moral purity, and the leaven always was was a representation of sin. So that's why the separation of the two was always involved. Okay, and, and and then the third the third aspect there was three aspects to it Israel's purity, the leaven was sin, and then the third part was was basically um, their obedience. On um, the third was there to remind them of the obedience because God instructed them not to not to make any leavened bread. You were to make unleavened bread, and you were to escape. So they continued in the tradition, and so the feast of unleavened bread was was again a very important thing uh, it, it was a very a, a, a very um meaningful celebration depending on where you live in the world here in the united states the 4th of july for us is a big deal it was it was based, based on our independence and so we thank God for that because we saw his hand involved in that because our, our nation was based off of a Judeo-Christian foundation itself. And so, so this was kind of like their 4th of July. This was their independence. And so this was very important to them. And so we want to make sure that, that, that again, we're recognizing the, um, the importance of their independence from their slavery from Egypt. 400 years they were, they were in Egypt. And so they, they really had something to celebrate. And so they were instructed not to use any of this stuff, any form of leaven, because leaven, again, a, a pinch of leaven causes the whole loaf to rise, and a pinch of sin causes a, a, a whole loaf to rise in our sinfulness, if you will. And so we want to make sure that, that we look at this also in, in a form of recognition of its importance, uh, let's see here. Now, the third, we're going to look at 9 through 14, is, is something in regards to the first fruits. Now, this is another celebration. And it says, Now, and the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to the children of Israel and say to them, When you come into the land which I give to you and reap its harvest, then you shall bring a sheaf of the first fruits of your harvest to the priest. He shall wave the sheaf before the Lord to be accepted on your behalf on the day of the Sabbath. After the Sabbath, the priest shall wave it. And you shall offer it on that day, and when you wave the sheaf, a male lamb of the first year without blemish as a burnt offering to the Lord, its grain offering shall be two-tenths of an ephah of fine flour mixed with oil, an offering made by fire to the Lord for a sweet aroma. And its drink offering shall be of wine, one-fourth of a hen, You shall eat neither bread nor parched grain nor fresh grain until the same day that you have brought an offering to your God. It shall be a statute forever throughout your generations in all of your dwellings. So, again, when you come into the land, now he's looking at, you're coming into the land that I gave you. Right? Because what he's requiring here is the first fruits of the crops, of the harvest that, that was to be offered to God. Nothing grows without Him. You know, a, a lot of people like to take credit for for farming, if you will. That you know, they, there are certain aspects that they have to do. You have to you have to tend to the soil. You have to till the soil. You have to tend to, to the crops. But where did where did the seeds come from? Where did the crops come from? <laughs> and so if we want to make sure that we recognize of what came from where. And who came from where? Because again, God is the one who created the crops. We have to uh, to till it, and we have to we have to uh, uh, take care of it, if you will. So by that, we're recognizing the first fruits of that harvest to be dedicated to Him. It was a celebration of that coming that coming harvest, if you will. Yeah, it was a dedication of of, of the uh, uh, of that first of that first batch of fruit or vegetable that came in. And it was done on the day after the Sabbath, so this would be technically this would be on a Sunday because the Jews celebrate Sabbath from uh, from sundown Friday to Sun uh, to Saturday uh, within that twenty four hour period. So it says the wave the sheaf before the Lord. So the sheaf would be given to the priest who waved it in thanks and, and gave honor to God, and then they would offer a year old male lamb, which was again part of the uh, part of the sacrifice. And uh, there would be a grain offering and a drink offering. And so uh, an ephah, the grain offering was made with, it said like a two-tenths of an ephah, which is somewhere about, give or take three or four pounds of flour, and it would be mixed with oil. And then you you take the drink offering, which was required as a fourth of a hint of wine. And so, uh, you know, maybe like a quarter of a liter, so it would be poured out on the base of the altar, and and what it would do is it would cause a smoke uh, to to uh, to go up into the sky, and it was again like they said it was the aroma. Okay, so you know we we look at this as in the form of tithing. You know this was a percentage back then. We put a percentage aside for God in our worship because our first fruits are are from what God provided. Do you have a job? Do you have a career? You know. Do, do, um, have you been given money? Have you been given a means to survive? So that is what the key is. What is your, your means of survival? Well, now you have to recognize who, where the means came from. So what do you do with that? Okay, so we're not farming. Okay, but our first fruits comes from our jobs, our careers. And, and so that's why in our day and age, he, we tithe, if you will. This, this was the ancient day form of it. Was is that because God wanted them to celebrate the blessings of the of the uh, of the rain that He brings, the blessings of the crops that He that He allows to grow? I remember um, I remember listening or uh, talking to an, uh, an elderly lady one time who was a very uh, very good gardener. She grew some vegetable grow, uh, vegetable gardens that were just really beautiful. But she said, she goes, that's what I do. She says, I make them grow. And I thought to myself, I'm like, do you now? <laughs> you do so much, but you yourself don't make them grow. I've grown vegetables before. I've tended everything equally. Some things grew, some things didn't. Okay, now some some uh, people with some very green thumbs, if you will, might put a blame on me saying that I didn't tend to something right. And, uh well, whatever the case may be, Everything got the same amount of water, everything got the same amount of sunlight, but it didn't, not everything grew. And that was out of my hands. God deserves the first fruits of those things. So, you know, so he says that also not to eat bread nor parts of grain. So these were just, again, these were things to be given They were not to be eaten until thanks has been given and the offerings were made. So the offerings were made, the priest would wa- shall wave it kind of like in the way of thanking God. And then after it's all said and done, then then it was then it was, you know, to be eaten or, and so on and so forth. So again, God um, God is the provider. God is the one who makes things grow. God is the one who who blesses us and and he just wanted us to do that for the sake of recognition. And he says in verse 15, he says, and you shall count for yourselves from the day after the Sabbath, from the day that you brought the sheaf of the wave offering. He says, seven Sabbaths shall be completed. Count 50 days to the day after the seventh Sabbath. You shall offer a new grain offering to the Lord. You shall bring your dwellings two wave loaves of two tenths of an ephah. They shall be fine flour. They shall be baked with leaven. They are the first fruits of the Lord, and you shall offer with the bread seven lambs of the first year, without blemish, one young bull and two rams. They shall be as a burnt offering to the Lord, and the grain offering and their drink offerings, an offering made by fire for sweet aroma to the Lord. You shall sacrifice one kid of the goats as a sin offering, and two male lambs of of the first year as a sacrifice of a peace offering. The priest shall wave them... With the bread of the first fruits is a wave offering before the Lord. With the two lambs they shall be holy to the Lord and to the priests. And you shall proclaim on the same day that it is a holy convocation to you. You shall do no customary work on it, and it shall be a statute forever in all your dwellings throughout your generation. So count fifty days to the day after the seventh Sabbath. So, you take this, these fifty days after the feast of, of the first fruits, and it would be like the completion of the wheat harvest. So it, they would also call this like the feast of weeks. And so the name uh, you take the name Pentecost and it, it it means 50th. Uh like the 50th day in 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 the Greek language. And and so that that is what we'd call the the first uh, the, uh, the feast of the weeks if you will. And so counting these 50 days you know, you shall count the 50 days. God wanted to make sure there was accuracy on timing. And after the loaves, the leavened bread was waved before the Lord again, and, and they were brought to the altar along for the sacrifice. So, again, we're looking at symbolic messages here. And, and so, these were all symbolic messages of thanks and praise. You know, the, the, when these sacrifices, they were made, um, at the time, we had the ta- they had the tabernacle. You know, the, the, we had, uh, this was one of the three feasts which God had all the people, all the men do of Israel to gather before him yearly. Now, everybody came, but it was required that all the men came, um, uh, at least from, the age tw- from age 20 and up, to celebrate these. It was a requirement. And so, um, you know, it, we're required to do a lot of things. But you know what? God's requiring us to come and celebrate. And so, I've always kind of thought to myself, like, oh gosh, you know, I, I think people have a big mis- misconception of God, you know, that He's angry and that He's all of these things. He's wrathful and whatever. And, and He is because He's provoked, but that's not really His nature. God only, God acts upon what is done. If holiness is, if holiness is, um is performed, then, then blessings come. God does not punish the unholy. God punishes, punishes the sinful, but he forgives the sinful and cleanses the sinful, especially when asked. And so these are the reasons for these for these celebrations. That we have all these different ones, right? And they all had meanings to them. God was merciful all the time. And he gave them a way out, and he gives them a way out from their sin. He gives us a way out from our sin and that of Christ Jesus. And so... We, we may not celebrate these feasts as Christians, if you will. We can if we want, because the one cool thing that God always did, God always said to, to, um, to, the, to the Israelites to, to invite the alien, if you will. Invite the foreigner. Anybody who's in the land, come and allow them to celebrate, because God wants everybody. Everyone was to come and celebrate, because God created them too, but it was Israel and the Israelites. It, it, was, it was the the chosen place. There always had to be a chosen place, a chosen uh, people, if you will, to be a light, and and that was Israel at the time. Israel at the, was was the chosen land. It was the har, it was the the the, um, the promised land, the harvest land, if you will. Because to this day. You know, Israel to this day is one of the top produce uh, pro, uh, uh, of the countries of the Middle East. They're the ones who, who supply a lot of the produce from around the world, in, in the Middle East, and not, as well as other parts. No other no other area in that area produces that of what like Israel does from from a, uh, from a produce standpoint. And so God is still blessing that little land, which is about the size of New Jersey. If you if you look at a map and see how big the state of New Jersey is on the United States map, that is only how big Israel is. And look what God has done to such a small little nation, allowing the preserving of that and allowing the blessings to come from that nation. And so to this day, we still see these things. Now, check this out in 23, And then the Lord spoke to Moses saying, Speak to the children of Israel, saying in the seventh month, on the first day of the month, you shall have a Sabbath rest, a memorial of blowing the trumpets, a holy convocation. You shall do no customary work on it. and You shall offer an offering made by fire to the Lord. So on the first day, um, the Jews had their own calendar. And this would be called Tishri, or Tishri, depending on how you pronounce it. And God called for this special day. So the fall festivals now, um, festival of trump. Uh, we had the festival of trumpets and the Day of Atonement, the tabernacles. You know, during the seventh month of September and October, um, they were celebrated with with particular harvests of those times. And so God commanded a a um, a blowing of the trumpet because whenever a trumpet was blown, it was to summons the people for something. It was to get their attention and, and to summons them, and normally they were used with um, uh, ram's horns. But then after a while, they started to uh, to make them out of silver, and so it was always uh, to announce the beginning of each month as as to start a, a new festival. And so, if you've ever read the Book of Numbers, the uh, Numbers gives a very good um, uh, background, if you will, on on uh, particular trumpets on what they were blown for and why now we're looking at a big one here, which is considered the sixth feast, the Day of Atonement. And the Lord said, uh, the Lord spoke to Moses saying, also, the tenth day of the seventh month shall be the Day of Atonement. It shall be holy convocation for you. You shall afflict your souls and offer an offering made by fire to the Lord. And you shall do no work on that same day, for it is the day of atonement, to make atonement for you before the Lord your God. For any person who is not afflicted in soul on that same day shall be cut off from his people. And any person who does any work on that same day, that person I will destroy from among his people. You shall do no manner of work. It shall be a statute forever throughout your generations and all your dwellings. It shall be to you a Sabbath of solemn rest, and you shall afflict your souls on the ninth day of the month at evening. From evening to evening, you shall celebrate your Sabbath. So, on the tenth day of this, of this seventh month, the Day of Atonement, the people would gather again. And so, an offering would be made, a, p- a priestly sacrifice. And he says to afflict your souls. You know, this, uh, this command was made if you went back to Leviticus chapter 16 you'd be able to kind of get a better idea of as well of this in, in regards to afflicting your souls. Um, it would be on that kind of like a form of of reflecting of reflecting on on the past if you will to keep yourself from ever wanting to do that. Because it says any person who is not afflicted in soul on that same day shall be cut off from his people. So again these were very uh it was a, it was a, a, command of punishment for the disobedient. And we see this as a very unique one. Because, you know, normally we don't hear God, um, commanding something in this aspect during the time of a feast. But, but this was about humility. This was about repentance. And, and so that's what God's always looking for is humility and repentance in all, in all of us. And again, very interesting, uh, for him, for the, for that kind of, um, for that kind of command you know there's some people out there that have done some crazy things you know I've heard of people you know crawling on broken glass and stuff and you know just just to in a form of kind of punishing themselves for their actions and 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 that's not what God is saying that's not what God was commanding a lot of people were were doing things that were right in their own eyes and I understand why they were doing it it's kind of like, uh, um, you know, when a kid gets mad and, and they start, you know, hitting themselves, saying, I hate myself, and they hit themselves with something, you know, and, and so, that was kind of like the mentality, but, but God was saying this to, to, to afflict your souls. You should be, you should be mourning for the things, right? You should be fasting, you should be remembering things to never want to do them again. Because the thing is, is that if, if, if we don't, if, if we don't have a conscience, then, then we're in big trouble. God's, God's word is very clear in the book of Romans as well, where, it's, where it said that God gave them up to a retrograde mind. Because they cared more about their sin and what they were doing, more so than their relationship with God and their form of holiness. And this is something that, that comes very easily. We get very easily sidetracked and we get easily sucked into things. And that's not what God wanted for us. So sometimes we need to look back at those things, you know, I mean, and and to remember where we came from while we're going forward. We're not to look back and, and to hate ourselves. We're not to look back and, and, and to feel bad about ourselves. But we are to remember what we were and what we did and what God did for us. Because you're free to do whatever you want. You're just never free from the consequences. So when we do something foolish to our bodies, we're bound to get scars from it. And those scars will be there as a reminder. And so we want to make sure that that if God has allowed us to go through the fire, that we remembered how he got us through the fire and that we will never want to go through that fire again, especially when we self-inflicted it. Now, now God wants us to be in a new state of mind, a new state of heart, a new place with him. And so he was commanding the people then, remember, remember where you were at and, and never return there again. And then he gives one more. See, we had seven feasts. Now, the seven uh, the, the seven feasts are the big ones that are celebrated in Israel. Those were those are seven ordained feasts of God. Now there's two others uh, that are celebrated that Israel created, and that would be um, uh, Purim, uh, which was a uh, festival that was uh, created in the bravery bravery of Queen Esther uh, when they were all in the Persian Empire. And then we have a well known one known as Hanukkah. Uh, that was um, that was also a, a, a dedicated one that came later. God did not, um, God did not create those two. Israel created those two in remembrance of, of uh, two very important aspects. But God obviously blessed and allowed uh, for those two others. So we had seven of them ordained, and we had two more that were added later by Israel. That God, uh, that God seems to be pleased with because it was God's hand involved. Now check it out. This is the Feast of Tabernacles of the seven feast. Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to the children of Israel, saying, The fifteenth day of the seventh month shall be the Feast of Tabernacles for seven days to the Lord. On the first day there shall be a holy convocation, and you shall do no customary work. So he continues on the whole thing again with the, with you know not doing any customary work during these times. And, and so there's an offering to be made by fire. Again, the burnt, the grain offering, the drink offering, uh, everything on its day. And, and so but he also elaborates on the sabbath rest to be kept as holy as well. You shall keep it as feasts to the Lord for 7 days for 7 days in the year it shall be a statute forever in your generations you shall celebrate it in the 7th month. See the one thing we have to remember is, is that nobody throws a party like God because whenever these festivals these feasts happen they weren't just some little day thing these things went on for a full week. If you went to an ancient day uh uh wedding in israel that that was a celebration that went on for a week. It wasn't like what we do today the the one day uh ceremony reception, and off we go. No, they were celebrating for a week because you know marriage was the oldest institution that God created but so were these up and coming so on the fifteenth day um the Jewish uh, on the Jewish calendar, we had the, the uh, it was the Feast of Tabernacles, lasted for seven days, and so this one here is probably one of the first ones that were mentioned in the Bible, um, and so it was again a special gathering that we've seen from that of, uh, from Exodus it was kind of like Passover, and um, this one was taught by you know by for family members of all ages. God's nature and what He had done for them, and, 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 um, and now our commi- their commitment to God. You know, we, we need to also look at uh, the importance, too, of, of the things that, you know, that God has done in our lives, as God has done in theirs. You know, we want to respect other people's ceremonials and uh, ceremonies, if you will, when it comes to what God implemented, what God ordained because we need to look at we need to look at this because you shall rejoice before the Lord your God for 7 days he said and worship when we look at worship it involves a celebration it could also involve confession right because in Israel's national holidays the balance seems um The balance seems heavily tipped in favor of that celebration, or of the celebration. Five joyous occasions, and then we had two solemn ones, because God encourages joy. God does not intend for religion, God does not, uh, uh, intend for, you know, repetition all the time with certain things. He wants us to celebrate. He wants us to, to celebrate seriously in the reflection, on the reflection of what he's, do, what he's done and what he's also continuing to do. It's something I like to make known, that, that it's not always about what God did, but what he's, what he's doing to this day. And so you shall rejoice before the Lord your God for seven days. This was this was not a um this was not a um a suggestion, this was a command. You shall rejoice. You have a reason to rejoice, you have a reason to celebrate. We have a real reason to celebrate. Because he has given us eternal life through his son, Christ Jesus. And, and so we celebrate that. You know, Jesus celebrated all of these when he was around back in the day. You know he was there for all those. He, You know, the, the obedient of obedient. And so, but he was our Sabbath. Christ Jesus is our Sabbath. He's our Sabbath rest. And, and so we want to look at that and celebrate. We want to look at, back at this and, in this book of Leviticus and say, wow, God has done some amazing things. But he's also continuing to do amazing things. And so there was, you know, we could go much more in depth with each, which, uh, which each, every one of these uh, celebrations and feasts, if you will. But I wanted to give us the rundown of the basics. Because it came down to simply what God did for them at the time. But God is still continuing his work. What he did was to be celebrated forever. And what he's doing in your life is to be celebrated forever because what has he pulled you through? Think back. And, and now I want to, I want to give you an opportunity to say, well, I want to be a part of him. I, I want to make sure that I have eternal life. I, I want to I be loved. I want to be cared for. And and you want to be able to love God too. See, that's the whole concept of this. This was done for the love of God. All of these festivals were done, not just to celebrate a good time, not just to celebrate them getting saved by, by destruction. It, it was, but it was for the love of God. That's what these celebrations were for. And so we want to show our love to God by receiving His only begotten Son. And that we would be celebrating as well victory. Victory in our lives. Victory of of obtaining eternal life. So if you want that victory, if you want that love, if you want that, that relationship with Him, you have the opportunity by receiving Him right now as lord and savior. And if you receive if you call upon him and ask him into your heart, he will come in if you ask in truth. And now you will truly have something to celebrate. All of these feasts here, you can celebrate those and it's going to go beyond that because you have eternal life now. Now you have a reason to celebrate because you have been delivered just like the Israelites were delivered from all of these things over the over their hundreds of years. Now you're being delivered. You're being delivered into an eternal existence with God and Christ Jesus himself. So if you feel led, I want you to say this prayer with me. To receive him in your heart, dear God, please forgive me. Forgive me of all of my sins as I confess to you that I am a sinner, Lord. Wash me and cleanse me now. And I ask, Lord, that you would receive me, Lord, as I receive you as my Father, my Lord, and my Savior. Receive me as your child now, Lord, as I invite you into my heart, Father, Lord. May we walk together all of our days, Lord, all of my days, Father, Lord. May we be one with one another. And may I enter in your kingdom when my time comes, Father, by my receiving you as my Father and Lord. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Well, I pray for, again, continual special blessings. I pray for continual special uh, providing and protection. You know, I'm recording this in December of 2020. And it has definitely been a very interesting and tough year around the world. But it's nice to have an advocate. You know, God doesn't always promise uh, smooth rides, but He does promise a safe destination. So, you want to make sure that you're riding with God for that safe destination. And may you continue in strength and, and in love and in all things... As God keeps you in his loving and precious hands, God bless you and all of your family. Take care.